0: On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are up to our ears in dysfunctional relationships. Yes, more than usual for this podcast, specifically this week in the form of Pamela Adlin's chaotic parenting in Better Things and Rasheen Conaty's catastrophic approach to both dating and employment in Game Face. More well-adjusted by far, though, is Deadly Class, in which we journey back to 1987 at a secret school where adolescent sociopaths are taught better ways to murder each other. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, a show for which there can be but one question this week. No, not did Boyd have dinner with a famous person? Because, of course, he did. Who was it, by the way, Boyd? Who, who was it this week? Uh, not at dinner. No, I didn't. Okay, okay. Uh, who, who did you. Dinner. Who of the famous I mean, did you spend I was time mingling with?
1: mingling with people like Jack, John Bishop and um, Gabby Logan. It was, a, it was a football thing. I don't know who those people are. I know. Uh John Bishop's a very famous comedian. You should know who he is. I, mean, I you, thought he was I a mean, footballer. No, he is he not a footballer? He's not no, a footballer. Does he play f- football? I mean he's he 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 funny football. football. He used to play football. Oh he did. So he's a footballer come comedian. He's not he was never a professional. Right. Yeah. Okay. And Peter Crouch, who actually is a footballer, who retired today. I don't know how we got to this. Anyway, I was
0: mingling with those people. Well, well you've disappointed Red me. David. These are these are not good names. But fine. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, that that's They're not you names. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the question. It's not that. It's not that. Nor nor is it whether or not I saw and plan to talk about the new Picard poster because <laughs> Of course you've definitely got that to look forward to. No. The question on every single person's mind is this and this alone. Did Terry watch Downton Abbey like she promised? Terry. No. Good to get it out of there straight away. <sighs> what happened?
2: Um well I edit this magazine called Empire. Never heard of it. Um we're in the middle of a massive issue. And I had four other things to watch. Can I just say that? By inventing a um, franchise which was purely done out of ego and narcissism on your part. It yes, was Boyd's am, idea. I am talking about Funny or diet. Yes, we,
0: Boyd, you came up with it live on the podcast. Well, Scott.
2: we now have to watch another watch show watch another show mm. just to enable you to have a bigger platform yeah so good, you though, know so if something had to give and that thing was I thought if I don't watch Flight of the Concords, oh spoiler um, James is going to like rip my head off yep. so um, Downton had to go and I knew this would come three
0: up three of the shows this week were 20 minutes long they were not
2: 20 minutes
0: 23 minutes they
2: were not 20 minutes it was
0: <laughs> close to 20 um, minutes so, all times so
2: uh, yeah I apologise Sorry, I don't know what
0: to say. It's times like this where, honestly, I doubt your commitment to the Pilot TV podcast. Mm.
2: I Do you know what? Do you know what? I've already oh, said... Oh, I'm getting to, the
0: finger. I'm getting uh, the pointy finger. I already said <laughs> to somebody
2: this morning that in keeping with last week's pledge, I shall not call you a bellend <laughs> at any point today, no matter how I am provoked.
0: <laughs> this sounds like a challenge.
2: So... James, do your worst slash your best. I am sorry I didn't watch Downton. And I will watch it for next week.
0: Is this a promise? I promise. Even I've, if there are other shows to watch.
2: Even if there are other shows to watch, I'm gonna make I'm actually gonna watch it this weekend.
0: Okay. Now, listeners, I think we need to pile the pressure on at this point. So what I'm going to suggest is this. I think that what we'll do is Terry watched Downton Abbey. We will discuss it next week, but just to make it a little bit more fun, why don't we have you send in your questions for Terry about Downton Abbey using the hashtag, hashtag Terry Watches Downton. Uh, if you send those to me and indeed Terry and indeed Boyd, because witnesses are important, send those in this week and we will read those out on the podcast next week when we interrogate Terry's enjoyment of Downton that's that's going to be trending Terry over the next seven days
2: I am going to I've got my little notebook here which I take my notes in when I'm reviewing the shows for pilot I will take detailed and elaborate and probably emotional notes Good. my watch good
0: Mr Carson is my spirit animal
2: I don't know who that is ah but you will I don't know. Look, you know, look, it's a a traumatic watch for me, right? Because in those days, the olden days, you would have been a fucking lord of the manor and I'd have been the scullery maid, like stuck down below. Daisy, you're Daisy. Absolutely Daisy. With scabby knees and like, and no faith in humanity. So when you watch those things, it reminds me of what could have been of my life. I could not be sat here talking to you. I could be on my hands and knees scrubbing a floor somewhere.
0: My great grandmother worked in service. Is that why you love Downton Abbey so much? You no, but, like I was, I, but this is something that was told to me quite recently. I didn't realise this, but apparently right. she worked in service. And apparently she, when it was cold, in she used service. to Yeah, that's what they used to call it, work and yeah, worked in service. Are you service. But sure? she used to, she worked for a household and she apparently, apparently she used to be so cold when she used to scrub the steps outside the house, she used to make her hands bleed. Oh,
2: that went a bit dark and yeah. weird quite quickly. Yeah, um, it did,
0: didn't it? Right, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to what we've been watching this week. We already know what Terry hasn't been watching, but what have you been watching
2: I totally forgot. What, Excellent. Watching, hang on, wait. <laughs> right there. What have
0: I been watching? The correct answer to this, Terry, of course, is I've been watching nothing, James, because if I were to watch anything, of course, it would have been Downton.
2: I've been, been watching. I've like gone completely blank. I do not know what I've been watching. Should, what, we, should we give you some I time, time to think, yeah.
0: Boyd? What have you been watching? Well, James, got
2: mad.
1: I finished um, what I was watching last week, which was Too Old to Die Young, the Nicholas Winding. Reference. Oh, that
0: demented Twin Peaks to Return esque <laughs> epic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Slice of 13-hour self-indulgence, wow. which is even more excruciating than I had expected after watching a couple of hours of it last week. and um, But I felt like I had to kind of persevere with it, and it is painful, and yet at the same time, I kind of admire it in a way for it sticking to its so, Nicholas Winding refn So you're saying it, it puts the winding in Winding it, it Refn? It really does. Almost every every time there's a new setting, right, he... The camera pans very slowly (laughs) across (laughs) the whole scenario, or if it's a set, for about five minutes before anything happens. And that happens almost every episode. So that's the kind of weird um, technique he's got. And it does take extraordinary extraordinary excursions away from the plot, inverted commas, into like making porn and... Um, it's it's all kinds of perverse sex and obviously demented violence, as I probably said last week. But part of me admires the fact that Amazon gave him loads of money to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Part of me thinks this is an interesting case of giving someone too much power over their own creativity because it's just too boring. Too old to die young, life's too short to watch this. Possibly. I also want to mention La Casa de Papel. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) La Casa de Papel. <laughs> Money You just heist. like saying that, don't I you? I do. <laughs> they Money Heist. Uh-huh. Money Heist is the most successful non-English language show on Netflix. Oh, really? Right, yeah. And um, two... Seasons of it are there at the moment, and I caught up with the ending. I hadn't got to the ending of the previous season, and season three arrives next Friday. And I would have said it's homework for everyone to watch, but Netflix doesn't usually make it available. It's so big. They had a massive premiere in Madrid this week. It's, it's a high, it is it's a an elaborate heist drama, and um, it's very funny and entertaining intense and, and brilliantly made. And it's so big for Netflix that Ted Sarandos, the god of Netflix, went to the premiere, and he doesn't go to many... Um, Netflix premieres. So he like literally goes to like one or two. I think a year. He went to Afterlife with kitchen place here, and it is huge, huge phenomenon, and it is brilliant, entertaining. And I urge anyone when they've got time to catch up with
0: Money Heist, brackets La Casa de Papel. See, we've come a long way, haven't we? Like Ted Sarandos, who doesn't go to these things. I remember when Ted Sarandos came to the Empire office to talk to us about <laughs> Netflix and try and pitch it to us. And we were all a bit like, oh, I'm busy. I've got a screening. <laughs> uh, oh, I can't be asked.' And it's like yeah. now, it's like, crush, we couldn't yeah. get an audience with him if we wanted to. Yeah. No, he's in charge of about $100 billion of yeah. content. Yeah. We've, we've come a long way since we then. Have. But so, yeah. say the title again for me. Le Casa de Papel. <gasps> Love it. Love it. Um, Terry, have you, have you thought of something?
2: Well, no. It- Actually, I've just...
0: You've been watching La Casa de Papel.
2: La Casa de Bada Could be racist, but carry on. I, I, um, I've been at the movies every night this week, apart from Monday, which I spent talking to lovely pilot magazine readers in a pub oh, about you? what they thought of us. Um but, what did they say about me? design? But design. Yeah. design. <laughs> yeah. Um Something about that James is a... No, I'm not going to say it. I promise I wouldn't say it. Um, <laughs> oh, that so, feels real. <laughs> um, I tried
0: to lure her into a trap there. You see what happened?
2: Yeah. But uh, I did what I always do, which is I like to go to sleep wherever possible with the tally on because it soothes me. Wonder
0: wondered where you were going with that, but sure.
2: <laughs> um and my, I usually have these little obsessions and things that I like to put on before I go to bed because it makes me calm and relaxed. CSI, what's it? SVU, SVU. SVU. So I'm, I'm going through a bit of like I'm I'm a bit over SVU at the moment, so I've replaced it with Homes Under the Hammer. <laughs> so um, in
0: the same vein,
2: I'm obs- so basically before I go to bed, I turn on Homes Under the Hammer and then go to sleep. And Homes Under the Hammer is remarkable for many things, one of which is the excellent soundtracking. So whenever literal soundtracking, so, whenever anybody goes, oh, well, actually, this is um, on the site of a house that once burnt down and then burning down the house comes on. It is amazing, absolutely incredible. The house is a shithole. Somebody buys it and makes it marginally less of a shithole, um, then adds like 50% profit on top. It's a stunning indictment of. Capitalism and the <laughs> property market, and um, is quite a nihilistic view. But yeah, so I've been. Watch- I watched this week. I watched four episodes of Homes Under the Hammer. They're 30 minutes each. Funnily so, enough, when
1: you look up Homes Under the Hammer in Radio Times, it doesn't say stunning indictment of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: well, it should. <laughs> what, what it also should say is, apparently Terry had the time to watch fucking two hours of Homeless Under the Hammer, but not enough to watch <laughs> one episode <laughs> of Down. It's not Homeless <laughs> Under the Hammer. That, that <laughs> is right <laughs> up your alley, isn't it? Homeless <laughs> Under the Hammer is probably a show you would love. <laughs>
2: But I didn't... You, the important thing is I put them on and they lulled me to sleep. So I didn't watch a complete... would lull you to sleep. I didn't watch a complete episode. I'm sure it will lull The privilege to sleep. would
0: be soporific.
2: Uh-huh. Ooh.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I've been catching up on Big Little Lies, and my, I've got to be honest with you, my Big Little Lies anxiety is really fucking high at the moment. It's incredibly stressful to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh. I mean, I'm enjoying it immensely. The season two is really, really good, which is, you know, I mean, not unexpected, but gratifying given that it's not based on, on, on a novel. But, I mean, we said this when we reviewed it, but it's really, really good and a big, big, big thing happened at the end of the last episode. Oh my God, I was devastated. I know, and I was like, oh my God!
1: Please
2: don't
0: let that thing be the thing. Don't don't
2: spoil it. So I said to James, other than the one um, we reviewed for for this very podcast, I am saving them to binge all in one go. That's how I
0: happy-go-lucky evening for you. That's how I viewed
2: the first season, is I I Mm. started it at 10 o'clock at night and ended it as the sun came up um, the next morning. So I'm saving it all for one go, and... No spoilers. Well, Either a thing happened okay. at the
0: end, and then another thing happened as well, which I was a bit like, oh, oh, and is he? Ooh. Uh, no, it's that thing you, that yeah. I was talking about. Oh, you're not talking about the thing with, no. oh, no, 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 the very last I'm thing. I'm thinking the very last thing. Yeah, but the thing before that as because well, I don't which want you a bit very like, last thing
1: to, I, I kept thinking all through the episode, I'm going, don't let the thing no, be the very no, last thing. No, but it's thing. clearly going to be. <laughs> and uh,
0: and the thing before that, could be the double that, bluff, though. Yeah, the thing before that was a bit like, oh, is that, ooh, Yeah, the thing before that. Yeah, so that was good too. Is this, is this?
2: I, this is still too much spoiling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you won't remember any of it. Yeah, it it's up. fine. It's fine. So, so, just when you get to this episode, Terry, the thing, the thing, but then the thing before the thing as well as the thing. So, yeah. Yeah. what? Lots going on. Lots going on. <laughs> Loving that. I'd also like to share a little something with you, and that's that um, it makes me sad that I'm no longer able to give you updates on my uh, Sons of Anarchy rewatch on account of oh, having, having all, finished that. It. really sad But I wondered that. if I should share with you the fact that I actually have four other rewatches on the go at, at this
2: time. I mean, I know you don't have any friends and or like ever socialize, but how do you exist? You you watch. I mean, really, do you sleep? Do you eat?
0: Occasionally. So, I mean, you know that my West Wing one is ongoing. You know that that's a thing. Yes. So, we're, well, yeah. we're into oh. the seventh well, season you're now. Well, are just constantly watching the West Wing. Yeah, I mean, that's right. true. I mean, it's, it's constantly on repeat. Really it's a rewatch. rewatch. But, it's but, just on a, on a loop. This is a big rewatch because it's along with the podcast. And my Battlestar Galactica one, oh. I'm pressing on with, even though I am finding the Battlestar Galactica cast quite challenging, oh. which is the podcast. The podcast. Oh. The podcast. Uh, it, like, oh. I think they... Oh. It. Uh, it's, <laughs> so, the West Wing Weekly's done really, really well. They're, re- they're well-researched. It's really well thought out. Where it seems a lot like the Battlestar Galactica cast is Trisha Helfer, and her co host drinking while watching the episode. And <laughs> that isn't as entertaining as it sounds because, really? like, yeah, because well, like, she, like, in a nice way, doesn't remember a great deal. And he just sort of, like, goes off on random anecdotes and then giggles a lot. And it's like, I'm not sure what I'm really getting from this. Like, whereas you contrast it with the West Wing weekly which is in- immaculately planned uh-huh. out and produced by Rishi Herway. And I just think, really, they could learn an awful lot from that. Guys, keep going. Because there's a there's a possibility I'm going to abandon the Galacticast and just go it alone and watch a series unaccompanied. Right. So they may lose me soon. I mean, Sorry, guys. I if it's
2: irritating you as much as it seems to be, then yeah. I would advocate for that.
0: I'm also re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation and Farscape, but I'm only doing those as a sort of a background to exercise.
2: How much Firescape is there to watch? <laughs>
0: well, like, this is the thing. So there are four... Seasons of Farscape plus a two-part miniseries called the Peacekeeper Wars, and I'm I've got up to uh, three. I'm on three. I'm towards. I'm sort of midway through three, and I've come to the realization that maybe this show, which I have lauded for many many years, hasn't aged brilliantly. So i got a bit bored and I've stopped. Mm-hmm. So I will pick it up again, but I think I hit a bad patch of episodes, and I kind of have been a bit like oh, I can't really do this at the moment. So I'm on a I'm on a break. We're on a break. We're on a break and therefore we are able to see break. other people. So I'm now seeing Star Trek because I'm on a break from Farscape. Good.
2: Yes. Do you know what? After Did you buy me Fire Escape for my birthday? Yes,
0: it's one of the many things you've left under your desk and haven't taken home, let alone watched.
2: Um, Shall I watch it after Downton?
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Can I pick the exact episode that you (laughs) watched? Yes, you may. This will make me so happy. Yes, you may. This this feels like another regular, (laughs) (laughs) where Terry watches something that she wouldn't normally watch and then gets to talk about it. Yes, okay. I'm going to pick you an episode of Farscape, but let's get Downton out the way first. Okay. Hashtag Terry Watches Downton. Yes. Uh, And we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. Right. Uh, We have come to that point. It is Funny or Dire time. uh, Our little segment where we take an episode of popular comedy and hurl it forcefully against the unyielding wall surrounding my sense of humour. This week's victim comes courtesy of Toke Myers and is Flight of the Concords, Season 1, Episode 7, Drive-By. Now, I don't know if uh, anyone hasn't seen or has seen or knows what Flight of the Concords is. Flight of the Concords is a comedy duo, Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement, uh, and they make comedy under that <laughs> title uh, Flight of the Concords the TV show is a kind of dramatisation of their lives a sort of fictionalised version much in the way that Seinfeld is I guess and Louis although you know uh-huh. le- less masturbation in this uh-huh. um, <clears throat> so uh, and songs and, yes and, and it, famously it features songs and it's a little bit mental now the thing is on paper this is something that I just hate the existence of the execution of it's very Its very being should offend me. And yet, I found it... Both charming and amusing. Of course wow. you
2: did. That does not yeah, surprise, no, surprise in me in the slightest. All. No. Every man I've ever worked with <laughs> or had sex with it always what? raves <laughs> about Flight of the Concords. And that is one of the reasons I have never seen it. Because, but you watched this. And I watched Classic. it. And I showed you my notes as we walked into <laughs> yeah. this room, James. Two lines. What the fuck? And... What is happening?
0: Both fair questions. Classic.
2: What the fuck and what is happening? What there's like a kids there's a bit with a kids TV show. I, I thought I'd accidentally clicked on the wrong video. Oh,
0: are you referring, of course, to the animated short "Albie the Racist Dragon"?
2: Th- then they're on a bus singing I know. like like it's a musical. Akers, I with my shit. I was so. Confused, <laughs> and this is no offense, right? But this is <laughs>
0: no this, offense, but this, this, I feel a bell end coming on. Yeah. This
2: feels to me, and my suspicion has always been that Flight of the Concords is something a certain type of man claims is genius because they think it reflects well on <laughs> them to enjoy it.
0: Mm. Good theory. Wow. So you didn't, did you not enjoy the leggy blonde song?
2: I I was, do you know, I was (laughs) baffled, I was so baffled by what was going on. And maybe I'm, you know, not very bright, or maybe it's not aimed at people like me i.e. a human being, but I don't know... A <laughs> female human being. I do, not, I do not understand it. Explain it to me.
0: I, I, I couldn't if my life depended on it. Like I don't know what on earth it was about. I mean, it wasn't really about anything. It was like Aziz Ansari appears as a slightly... Well, as an extraordinarily sort of irascible fruit seller who becomes... Unaccountably racist towards New Zealanders, which is the source of yeah. most of this episode's comedy. Yeah, that, that and,
2: joke over and over again. Yeah, yeah. you what, can't what, have that because you're from the New Zealand. The bit that made
0: me laugh out loud, and there was a bit, was the bit where they sit down with their manager, Duncan, the guy in the thing. Yeah, mm. and uh, there's that bit where they talk about the thing, and he thinks it's Jermaine Clement, and he's, and he, and he's having a go in at Jermaine Clement and saying, "Oh, you should not be racist. You're a New Zealander. You know, and it's ridiculous and absolute nonsense." But that 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 tickled me. Murray, the,
1: the Murray, manager. that's by it. Murray Lee Starby, who is the best character, of course, and is the funniest thing in it. Yeah, although the bit. With the leggy blonde IT support woman, I thought was a bit. Mm, yeah, I didn't love that. Did you?
2: Did you like it? Well, like- I,
1: interestingly, well, interestingly to me, maybe not to anyone else. I watched it at the time and and I enjoyed it quite a lot, but I was never a huge fan of it. Mm. Never a huge fan of it. And I think watching it back, I reminded me why. I find it yeah. quite twee and quite. It's very whimsical. Very whimsical, mm. and I am generally anti-whimsy you don't like not a fan and of whimsy it's all also i do you know what i would have chosen the episode before this which is bowie which has some really good bowie stuff in it and they um i think david david bowie oh. yeah and their um spoof of a bowie song is brilliant and it's great and you know you can, i mean he does one of those out. in moana <laughs> yeah right yeah but i found this episode weirdly clunky i think the whole racism thing was so kind
0: of obvious i loved know, it and Would I also you? like the like the, I mean, f- like the credits finger bombing of the uh, Australian embassy really really amused me as well. Funny, I thought the conversation where finally
1: he um, accepts that they're New Zealanders and yeah. Australians... and, and he apologizes and gives them fruit that was funny. Yeah, but I just it did it did remind me how I was never yeah, I didn't I don't love it. I I kind of like it. It's fine. I don't I didn't take against it at all. But I do I kind of agree with Terry that I think it is a thing that people to show their kind of like indie. TV vibe yes. as well, you know. Oh yeah, I'm like I, you know, I fly like the Concourse mags. I'm quite indie and kooky and yeah. weird. And, you know, I, like, I, I I would. I've got
2: beard yeah. in everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: it I does. It's quite dated yeah. as well. Is the other thing I thought a lot of the and that's a kind of theme isn't it of this slot I mean, yeah, from, dated comedy apart
0: from <laughs> yeah. you don't
1: laugh at things except <laughs> when they're like this the, whether they dated I felt this interestingly dated more than a lot of the other things we watched really yeah, there was something about the whole tone of it that felt a little bit I wonder if they do this like this now I don't know I just felt it was a bit you didn't like the mother uckers song not really and that's the other things I I'm not a huge fan of comedy songs Oh, i find it quite annoying a lot of the time.
2: Does it make you think of Ross Abbott?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Ross Abbott? Yeah. The,
2: the comedy songs always yeah. make me think yeah. of Ro- oh, Ross does does Abbott. They make
1: me think more of Victoria Wood. And, and of course, she did some of the she best. She did it brilliantly, ever. brilliantly, yeah. But even hers sometimes were a bit annoying. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, generally, they're quite a difficult things to pull
0: off. And I'm not sure if, like, the Concords always pull it off. Wow. Yeah. No, wow. I'm, I'm the upbeat, optimistic you one. I, know. I, li- yeah. I like to think that I am, for example, not the kind of person who would claim to like something to be cool. Since no, you I almost wouldn't. make an a point of doing the opposite.
2: But, but it um, doesn't but it still doesn't surprise me that you liked it because it's yeah, no, it it's really? kind How of it yeah. surprised
0: the hell out of me. It's, it's very a yeah. And, you know, all that kind
2: and it's kind of it's a <laughs> little bit it's that kind of comedy that's kind of elitist.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is me. And yeah. that is you. Yeah. That, you know
2: we we you have to be a certain type of person to get this and to laugh. There's very yeah, it's, it's very, very clever, very, clever. Yeah.
0: Smug. Well, <laughs> there is a theme here. It's a smug arch things. That's very much my bag. All right. Well. Okay. Well. But nevertheless, nevertheless, when it comes to funny or dire, this one is funny.
2: Did you? So you, hang on. So you laughed out. loud. I laughed
0: aloud at that one bit. Where? How many is times? Is it Duncan? Was his name? What's his not Duncan? Is it? Uh, what's it? The, what's the manager's you can name? Say it's Duncan. I it's, keep calling him Duncan. Uh, he feels <laughs> like a Duncan to me. Someone Hewitt. Um. It is Murray. 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 Murray Hewitt. Hewitt. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Murray. Murray made me laugh. Uh, yeah, Murray is the best thing, yeah, as of really. Yeah, that was that was giggle. Anyway, so that is uh, Flight of the Concords, which has won. Congratulations uh to Tote Myers. Uh, no congratulations from Terry and Boyd, who clearly both think you're an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> next week's fun. comes from Jake French, and it is Scrub's season mm. six, episode six, My Musical. Now, I think I might have seen this when it first I've aired, seen but this. I have absolutely no recollection of it, so I think it still counts. Um, This is the musical episode, presumably, since it's called My Musical, um, Mm. which means it's a slightly oddball choice for this, but fuck it, let's roll with it. We'll watch it anyway. (laughs) Tune in next week to hear what we made of that. And that heralds the arrival of news. Let us begin, as of course we should, with the brand new poster... (laughs) For the legendary Star Trek Picard. Have you all basked in the glory of this one sheet? I mean, it's only a poster, but yeah. It's magnificent. (laughs) So, to set the scene, for those who haven't seen it, it begins with the immortal words, Patrick Stewart, at the top. There's a kind of planet and a sunset, sort of orangey field, and then the man himself Picard standing centre frame wearing what seems see, to be a large coat if you could see Terry's face right now the expression <laughs> is, is, is are we really doing a lengthy description yes, of a poster yes we are doing a live commentary of the poster now in the background you can see a little bit of the future skyline but also it looks like sort of rural because this is like rural France in the future so 24th century rural France apparently involves chateaus, trees and the odd metal and chrome structure poking up from the horizon there are, there are so you can see the lines of his vineyards straight Stretching out as far as the eye can see, which is where the legendary Chateau Picard vintage comes from. There's a couple of barrels of wine off to the side in case you didn't quite get the wine metaphor. And then next to him <laughs> is his dog, which has a Starfleet insignia name tag hanging around its neck. Isn't that cute, Terry? <laughs>
2: I mean, I did, I have to say, I did tweet this and I said, I'm not sure, it was after work and I said, I'm not sure where James Dyer is in the world but I'm sure I heard him cry. (laughs) And the replies were quite something as people suggested maybe you'd be doing something else in response to that poster.
0: (laughs) I liked the poster, that's all (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) say. I mean, you're probably doing it now. Oh, it's so good. I cannot
2: believe you just... Okay. De- gave a detailed description of one of the most basic posters I've yeah. ever seen. Have
0: you ever done a spoiler special about a poster? Well, boy, it's funny you should say that. I think we should do a one-off Picard poster <laughs> special episode of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, it would basically be you yeah. getting very you. excited <laughs> in a small room. Yeah, I, 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 th- yeah, I, th- th- I think this bodes well. It. I-, I can't believe that we are now into July and I have still not yet been asked to go on to the set of yeah, Picard. Amazon, sort yourselves out. Get and me I, out there. And I did email the publicist. Yeah, oh, that's right. One to beam up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god. Oh god.
0: <laughs> Any other news? Make it or are stop. we done? Is that it? Was that it for news? Is that all we've got? I no mean, there's more I was going to mention Euphoria right yes. which has been two things about it one, don't, don't tell me so there's an animation
1: of someone else having sex with no, someone else famous no 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 sadly right. not but it's been um, recommissioned already so it's now halfway through its run in America season one this is the teen drama that's like Skids but time Skids Skids, skids. skids. wow but times I 100, would watch yes, that Skids <laughs> I might moot that <laughs> um, it's very edgy and explicit and um, drug sex and all of that and stars Zendaya and it's it's been recommissioned for a second season already by HBO. And also, Sky have officially now announced yes. that it will begin on the 6th of August here. And they've brought it forward by months. Which means, if you're wondering why we didn't cover it in the last issue of Pilot TV Magazine, it's because they told us it it's going to be on in the autumn. And now they've brought it forward because it's such a phenomenon in America. But that is broadly a good thing. Mm. So, yeah, 6th of August, Euphoria, Sky Atlantic, Now TV. We be will, of course, there. be reviewing it we on this very podcast.
0: 30 it. cocks and all for the first episode. <laughs> that should be interesting. Um, did you hear the Game of Thrones second news? Oh, second episode. Yeah, well, we we'll yeah. have to work, make sure we watch the yeah, first yeah, two. We yeah, can't, yeah. can't miss that. Oh, completely. No. Um, so, George R.R. R. Martin was speaking to people, and he has confirmed that the Game of Thrones prequel will have... You ready for this, Terry? Dire wolves and mammoths. <laughs>
2: dire wolves yeah are they wolves that are dire why is
0: my nickname not dire wolf how's this not taken off funny or dire wolf
2: because you're no, not. No, I don't think that would mm. work. Because you know, a certain type of man would be described <sighs> as a wolf.
0: <laughs> really?
2: You're more like a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No! How
0: am I a giraffe?
2: I mean you just are oh, you're like posh and <laughs> Oh yes,
0: yes. The inherent <laughs> aristocracy of the giraffe is well known.
2: Giraffes are regal! Giraffes are dead regal.
0: How, have you seen one run? It's not graceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, this is I quite know, extraordinary. What, I, I know oh, what how I, how do, you
2: know, do you know what you mean? mean yeah. Giraffe going
1: on, yeah. Total Although giraffe. I was just thinking a little bit of the meerkat
0: in the line.
2: Oh, oh my God, totally the meerkat. <laughs> hang on,
0: hang on. Have I just been demoted on air? <laughs> yeah. Like I was a giraffe and now I'm a meerkat. <laughs> yeah. But
2: like you know,
0: well, yeah. yeah, Poking yeah. my head out to see what's going on. Yeah,
2: yeah. you you while talking about Picard are like a meerkat.
0: Mm. I see you as a, an irascible honey badger.
2: What is a honey badger?
0: Oh. You seen, oh. Do you not remember this? Mm. No. The honey badger. So there was a there was a meme thing, a video about there was a there was a guy doing a, a quite camp voiceover discussing the honey badger and how hardcore it was. So the honey badger is a small, you know, badger-looking thing that will, frankly, take a chunk out of larger animals. Blime.
2: Well, that sounds it's, right. It's up unpredictable.
0: My it's violent. It's abusive. It'll tear your throats out as soon as look of you. You know that kind of thing.
2: Great. But otherwise, count you
0: know, small, cute, that kind of thing. can nice me. can me. What in. are you? What kind of beast would you be? I don't know. Um... Koala bear. Oh, you think okay. a koala? Yeah. Well, I'll take that.
2: Koala bear. Well, of
0: course, as we all know, terrier koala is a marsupial and not, in fact, an ursine. Ergo, not a bear. Meerkat, meerkat. meerkat. And
2: ladies and gentlemen, that is the return of the smug voice that we talk about at least once. Well, a now week. what do you think
0: is more smug, a meerkat or a giraffe? Because I think that should really be. You think so. I'm back yeah. to being a giraffe again. Yeah.
2: Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I'm back.
0: I'm back people. <gasps>
2: Ah, right. I have some news um which is uh Nicole Kidman, who is um has pretty much three or four producing gigs on mm. at the moment since we're moving much more into the filmmaking side. She has been announced to be producing this show called Crime Farm, which is a new series for h b o max, which is another streaming service obviously yeah. um I don't know who would distribute it here. boy, who would that normally go to? Sky Atlantic, yes. right? I mean HBO. Well, is HBO Sky the first,
1: the, yeah, Sky Atlantic shows all of HBO shows, but I think H, this is this the HBO streaming service is going to be a separate thing. Yeah. Have, like, yeah, so i like, yeah. no, yeah.
2: Well, they mm. so they it's described as a psychosexual love story. So it's a real life um couple who are forensic homicide experts who are married. They worked on really famous cases in the US, like the case of Casey Anthony, who was um accused of murdering her child um and it's written and exec produced by um jamie sherman janine sherman sorry janine sherman who worked on er and criminal minds um it sounds very 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 intriguing but she's also doing one for hulu and she's doing another one for hbo called the undoing um i love her she is amazing and i can't wait to see it it sounds weird and fucked up and I am here for a psychosexual love drama.
1: You do love weird and fucked up. Kidman is so good in Big Little Lies as well, season two. I mean, yeah,
2: it's
0: just, she really is. There's yeah. one scene again. can't spoil it. You'll know when you get to. I yeah. thought in in the it's it's just it incredible. does make you realize just how incredible these actors are. Yeah, and Meryl is just unbelievably good.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the scenes between the two of them. Yeah. Street yeah. Are fucking yeah. Although
0: I'm really glad that Laura Dern has more to do oh, this yeah, time around yeah. as well because she was criminally underused in the first season.
1: Criminally so. underused. Criminally, criminally underused. underused. Yeah.
0: That's right. Talking
1: of underused, yep. Sarah Paulson is not going to have a major role in the new American horror story 1984. It has been confirmed Why? by Ryan Murphy. She's <laughs> have they busy. fallen out? No, haven't fallen out. She's she's the lead in Nurse Ratchet, which I think like that oh. might be one of the reasons. Yeah. And she has got like 5,000 things on on the go um so but he has revealed other members of the cast which includes billy lord cody fern matthew morrison out of glee john carroll lynch so it's got a really good cast and um i'm really excited about it because it's a slasher friday the 13th Just to kill 80s thing and i love that stuff okay and it starts going to air on september the 18th in america which means usually it will be the next day here on
0: fox exciting i do i'm a huge fan of american horror story uh the society got renewed for a second season did you hear that Yeah I was so, surprised. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I was quite surprised as well. And, and yet, yet I it's happening. Yet. Have yeah, finished it. No, no, yeah. I never went back to it. Yeah. I couldn't face it.
1: And now I feel that because it's, it's been um, It's going to have a second series that they don't resolve what the hell's going on at the end of
0: the first, which is going to annoy me. Well, it means you have to watch second as well. Mm-hmm. But at least there's going to be one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some some Veronica Mars synopses drop for the new. Uh, <laughs> what would you? What's this laughter for?
2: <laughs> what, what? How is that
0: mirthsome? You are the Mars champion. <laughs> oh well,
2: my god. How am I the All Mars right, champion? Y- pl- are you now going to? Pre- Say, to read the Veronica Mars synopsis. I, mean, I was thinking about it. <laughs> Go on. Is that, would that be bad? Go on. Okay. Go okay. on. All right, fine. Go on,
0: do it. Episode 401, entitled Spring Break Forever. Panic spreads through Neptune when a bomb goes off during spring break. <laughs> Veronica and Keith are hired by a wealthy family of one victim injured in the bombing to find out who is responsible. That's the first episode. Mm. Keith. The second one is titled <laughs> "Chino and the Man. Veronica and Keith launch their investigation. Their involvement puts Langdon on edge. Penn goes public with his theory on who the bomber is. Meanwhile, local teen Matty Ross begins her own search for her father's killer. Who played Keith? Keith yeah. that's uh Enrico uh um, No oh my god <laughs> No uh, uh Cal- oh Calantoni oh. Enrico Calantoni is his name hang on Oh okay mm. sorry sorry I'll see now No I've got to look now Enrico Calantoni Oh of course there you go uh, there are actually synopses for several more of the episodes But I'm going to spare you those And just say they're on the internet if you want to read them But uh, I'm very excited that Veronica Mars is coming about On account of it being excellent, Terry. Never watched it But you would like it Like it's totally a show that really? you would like Yes, and you will get to like it Since I will make you watch it for this podcast um, But it'll, no, it's good It's good, it's good stuff High school noir stuff You know, she's really good in it It's, uh, it's fun it's good.
2: And don't we have a feature on this in the next issue of Pilot? Well, like
0: yes, Terry, we do indeed. We have a little retrospective on Veronica Mars in my section in the box of the new uh, new uh, issue of Pilot, which will be out soon-ish. I mean, when I say soon, I mean in several weeks. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, that's something to look forward to. If you want to know why people refer to themselves as marshmallows and why Veronica Mars turned Kristen Bell into the star that she is, then you should read that because it'll be good. <laughs>
2: Um, there is some very recent uh, Falcon on the Winter Soldier news. Yes, I saw that. you saw this, mm. which is that um, Derek Colesad, who is the, um, some may say, genius behind John Wick, has been brought on board... um, What is he doing? He's
0: writing it. Writing it! Yes.
2: Um, (laughs) And he's doing... And Malcolm Spellman is obviously um, involved. He's the producer. um, And we know, obviously, that Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are reprising their roles from the films. The more stuff that gets announced for Disney+, and the way that they're clearly committing to... Really producing just short form versions of the same thing in mm. terms of it being kind of the same level of quality, the same style. It just makes me proper, genuinely excited mm. for Disney Plus. And you can tell that they're putting a shit ton of money into it, that they're really kind of taking care with who they bring on board um, and if it if it goes as we think it will, I think it's and they launch with this stuff. I think Disney Plus is going to be off to a flying start.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's looking pretty exciting, isn't mm. it? I think we'll find out a lot more. I think they're going to reveal probably some bits at Comic Con next week, and then at the end of August at D twenty three, I think yes. we'll get a lot more then. So yes, and I will be there. You will be to there to see it all firsthand <laughs> and to splain live to you over the airwaves. Uh, we'll do it. See if we can do a live from D twenty three segment. Yeah, yeah. While you're doing the podcast without. Are you going to Comic Con? No, I'm going to D23. I'm not going to Comic Con. What's D23? What's D23? What kind of nerd are you? Uh, D23 is the Disney-only con in Anaheim in California, opposite Disneyland, because you know. On brand, and uh, which is no, it's weird because so they'll they'll normally they have their lots of Disney things, so lots of animatry kid stuff and Star Wars. But now they've got not only have they got all the the Marvel stuff there, they have the Fox stuff there. So Simpsons is going to be there blind. because they've got the Fox properties too. But um, you get you do get really really odd cosplay crossovers. So like Disney princess themed Stormtroopers, things like that. Like Darth Vader slash Maui from Moana crossovers. There's a lot of cross pollination. Do do you do, you do um cosplay. Yes, I go as beleaguered British journalist.
2: <laughs>
0: giraffe. Uh, yeah, yeah. giraffe, yes. I go as a giraffe. It's all a bit Bojack Horseman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that should be fun. Should be good. It should be good. It's at the is the end of August. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um
1: uh, did you see the Netflix Stranger Things record-breaking uh viewership thing? No. So Netflix released as they do, this is what they do now. They release its own viewership estimations for their stuff when they want to boast about it. Yes. And Stranger Things 3 had 40.7 million accounts watching it in its July 4 opening weekend, which is the biggest figure for anything on Netflix ever in the first four days, including all those films they do. Really? So that is how important Stranger Things is to the Netflix brand. Guess there's going to be a season four then. There absolutely will be a season four. And I think they're already the Duffer Brothers are talking about how it's going to go out of... Um, uh, Hawkins is going well, to be like a, yeah, yeah um,
0: that's yes. certainly implied at the end of it's season 3 so. spoiler alert yeah spoilers at the, at uh, the, yeah. the season yeah interesting it's so, exciting yeah I do wonder how much more life that's got in it I think they've spoken about the fact that they want it to be four or five yeah. season total like the Duffers yeah, have said no. they'd said four originally and now they're saying possibly five oh, but that's be the five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll definitely gonna be five at this four. point I think but I think they'll stop it there because you do gotta wonder I mean we, you do gotta wonder you do gotta wonder You do gotta
2: wonder <laughs>
0: you do got to wonder where they're going to go because I do think they're going to yeah. run out of you do things. Gotta they're going to so, run do you out. You got to wonder.
2: I got to wonder. Do you got to wonder? <laughs> I
0: got to wonder. Do you got to
2: wonder? who oh, has got to
0: wonder. They're going to run out of things to turn upside down. Is all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> yes. Any other news before run out we move sluggy, on? Huge creatures. Yeah. Um, no, that's not no, news. that we're done with news. We are done with news. Right, on now to this week's reviews, beginning with Season 2 of Better Things, a show that, yes, was co-created by Louis C.K., but since all that awkward wanking business, he has been removed from the show. However, this that we are reviewing is, of course, Season 2 of Better Things, which is about to air in the UK, and not, in fact, Season 3 of Better Things, which has aired in the US. We are way behind on this one. So, uh, season three has had a Louis CK-ectomy. He is no longer a part of that. However, he is well and truly in the season we are about to talk about. However, there is no awkward public wanking or anything you need to worry about. So, let's just press on with that. Uh, What this is instead is a brilliantly observed comedy about uh, a single mother. This is Pam Adlin and her three daughters. This is a show that kind of uh, throws out everything TV, I think, has ever taught us about families and relationships uh, in favor of a kind of anarchic chaotic, tumultuous and other synonyms look at the hot mess that is family. boy. tell me what you (laughs) thought of this. Is this indeed a better thing?
1: Yes, I'm a big fan of better things. Um, I think I might have, um, in the midst of time, um, mentioned it on this podcast when, you know, I was trying to think of
0: of something. You might have done. I wasn't listening.
1: Um, uh, So I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, I... I think it is, it's interesting because I was a huge fan of Louis, you know, I have to admit it, you know, I can't, I'm not, don't blame Before him. he was cancelled. Before he was cancelled, before <laughs> he, he, he became the monster he clearly is, yeah. before we found out about the monster he clearly is, Louis, his um, own show, was a brilliant piece of TV, it was fantastic, and it had some incredible maverick episodes where you, where it took the form of a you know essentially a sitcom and twisted it and turned it and turned it into something like you never seen before and Pamela Adlon um, i think was a part of that and his involvement in this i think is you know she is a brilliant um, writer star mm. and she has an incredibly off-kilter sensibility she does but a bit like him in also, his off-kilter also she's
0: Marcy from californication
1: right she is so i love this stuff and i think um, what this? I mean, he is so he is involved in the writing of the second season. Yeah, and I can't wait to. see But the she's writing new people for the third she has season. has writing new people. Mm. Like, I wonder whether. So this BBC Two does this. They do take a long time. I think they get second rights on a lot of these shows. Yeah. So for example, um, Atlanta is currently they're showing season two of that currently on Saturday night. <laughs> in hell. double bills, and they're showing this in the show, and so they might just carry on showing the new season. Hopefully, they will. But what it's got is you know we read divorce was it last week? Yeah. So for me, this has got everything that divorce didn't. Mm. There's something um, acutely. Brilliantly observed about mm-hmm. it. It feels it's unpredictable. You don't know which way it's going to go. Like so, the fact there's one of the storylines in this episode is that her her oldest daughter is dating a man who's thirty five and she's yeah. seventeen. It's yeah. massively inappropriate. 16, rela- 16, Sorry, 16 Yeah. Um, so she's involved in this massively inappropriate relationship, and um, and th- and. Pam Adams' character, Sam doesn't, you know, what what can I do about this thing? She's clearly horrified by the whole thing. And he is this horrible smug guy mm. who comes to her party. The whole setup is she's got a big party happening in her house. So there's loads of people there. I love that whole the way that was done, that she, she kind of unfolds. The only yeah. thing is her on the toilet. It was a brilliant joke. Spoiler alert, that was brilliantly done. And how that resolves with his, this character of this old guy this 35 year old guy going out with his her six-year-old daughter it was not what I expected and no. I that, was, there's, that happens all the way through this series that it builds you to expect to, to have your expectations and they're constantly dashed in the smartest cleverest and really really funny way I think it's
0: a great show and I think this was a really good it has a real stripe of realism to it doesn't it yeah, right? you just watch it you, it's yeah. very very believable and it's really messy and anarchic and yeah. it's not like because when you do see relationships and parenting like displayed specifically on comedy i think on TV it's very sanitized and it's done for humor and i don't think it re- very rarely rings true yeah. it rings true to the rules of TV comedy and drama but not to actual the chaos of real Co- life and this entirely believable and it's got a boldness to it
1: yeah. as well which for example divorce i think lacks yeah. it doesn't really have now. bite it doesn't have bite. bite there's yeah. a scene that there's the, the, her, her, her her youngest daughter, there's a scene with all these kids young kids <laughs> yeah. doing truth or dare the which dark is- oh my is god right. or that's or so dark yeah, really dark and that, <laughs> yeah. but the boldness of that is, is incredible I think so it's kind of like a modest show in the sense that it's not visually showing off I mm. think it's very well put together and it, I think it's mainly it's trying to be as you say it's trying to be authentic mm. and believable and real and bold but it's not you know, trying to be flashy
0: in the way that's it's made but it just works it really works and the tone is really smart and See, It reminded me not in terms of tone but in, it reminded me of Catastrophe only in that this feels like a warts and all look yeah, at yeah. Yeah. your sort of family life but weirdly this rang true for me in a way that like this for me is real but also funny Whereas catastrophe is kind of funny but also real, it seems. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like this seems that it has that extra layer of believability to and it. it. It's got and I think Celia Imry. Well, come <laughs> yes, well, the, the, the
2: supporting cast is amazing, right? And Lucy Davis is yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, but I think that realism comes from. Um, from her actually so yeah, I after I, I watched this I was like A how did this first season completely pass me by like completely pass me by and then I went and read a few things with her and it's really kind of a lot of it's based on her actual life mm. Um and clearly a lot of it is lifted quite closely but as you say the tone is like I mean it opens with her doing a shit and, yeah. you're, and you're not sure initially <laughs> what's going on and then you realise what it is and she picks up the plunger like Incredible. I'm not spoiling anything this is in the first few seconds she picks up a plunger and I was like Holy shit yeah. what am I watching? Yeah. The yeah. darkest game of truth or dare I've ever seen oh on God. telly or film or anything those kids are amazing. As you say that really super interesting look at he's 36 he's two mm. decades older than her daughter who looks 16 yeah. and the way she handles it and she's got she's got this thing right so often in um things like this which are often dealing with divorce or relationship breakdown or women of a certain age because she's early 50s often the women i always find are portrayed as kind of quite bitter and hard and with this kind of edge and what I love is she does she does have an edge but it's not an edge that seemingly comes from bitterness mm. or from you know it's it's she is a mother you can tell first and foremost she's like looking after these three girls kind of been through um, the trauma of divorce um, but she's kind of you can tell she's fierce and she's funny and I found her character super super mm. interesting and really compelling and really engaging and not the kind of woman like I think she's 52 at the moment not the kind of woman you ever see mm. in her early 50s portrayed on television at all actually mm. and she she had, has this amazing underlying warmth to her um, it made me laugh out loud that there's a, there is a moment in the Truth or, or Dare game where you mm-hmm. it is hilarious <laughs> but it's also like one of the most shocking things I've seen in ages yeah. this made me laugh out loud multiple times but it also has this incredible emotional um, uh, what's the word like it's genuine It's mm, it, there's a yeah. real mm. emotional kind of um, commitment and truth at the heart of it which means it isn't just a gag factory at all it's got real mm, kind no, of um, uh, sensitivity but just kind of a real um unashamed unashamed it's uh, it's willing to kind of get into the um, emotional stuff and the, mm. and the stuff of substance and it's completely as well.
0: unflinching that they yes. have absolutely no qualms about going to some very dark places yes. I really like the so the, the main plot about what happens with the, the boyfriend and the daughter I as Wood said I found that way that resolves was unexpected mm. but really welcome I, was, mm. I thought that was really really well handled just to show up your lack of commitment to watching Downton I not only watched this I went back and watched the pilot as well yeah. So that I could get a proper feel for it. I watched that first. And actually that helped a lot because it has the introductions. Mm. It gets you kind of into her headspace, into her life, her relationship with her daughters. The third of which, the middle one, doesn't even turn up to the last few minutes yeah. of the pilot. It's mainly just about the first two. But it's, uh, yeah, really like this. I shall, I shall be revisiting better things. Um, mm-hmm. This is This is a good one. Very much recommended. Uh, and Better Things, of course, airs. <laughs> Season two of Better Things begins on BBC Two on Wednesday, July the 17th at 10pm. Season three of Better Things has already aired in the States. So if you're American, you're way ahead. Yeah, I
1: mean, I hope BBC carries on showing it. Maybe they'll go, but who knows? They've got complicated deal dealings, deals, where some of us have to wait ages and ages. Yeah.
0: It's annoying. It is. Right, next up is a sci-fi original that aired in January in the US. We are well behind in everything this week, aren't we? Uh, Helpfully, this now makes its way to these shores. Less helpfully, it does so shortly after sci-fi cancelled the series (laughs) and announced they would not be making another season. However, this is is deadly class, by the way, I haven't mentioned that. However, as of last month, the showrunners... Were the showrunners who I should point out also are Joe and Anthony Russo, uh, were still shopping this around. So they were hoping like a streaming network would, uh, would, would maybe pick this up. So there's a chance, however slim, that it might yet be saved. Uh, the question is, should it be? <laughs> um, so so this, is, this is an adaptation of the Image comic series at Princeton 2014. And as I say, it's adapted by Joe and Anthony Russo a.k.a. the godlike geniuses behind Avengers Endgame. Um, It follows homeless teenager Marcus as he's inducted into King's Dominion, a secret high school for would-be killers, where the usual high school uh, tribalism endures, only with more slitting of throats and... Poisonings. Um, so this seemed to me like a kind of mix between John Wick and Hogwarts. Do you know what I mean? Like it was—it's a really weird mishmash of things. I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm dying to hear what you thought of this, Terry.
2: I fucking loved this. Did you? I so I've written down. It's a bit Donnie Darko, The Craft, Cruel Intentions, and The Crow all mixed in together. It is right up my street, and it did. We should say that it got mixed reviews and. Um, when when it aired in the States. I just loved it. From the there's an there's an opening scene which is um, quite surprising and quite brutal, and it sets the tone and it sets the pace. It is, I mean, it is dark and it is incredibly violent, incredibly. like inflinchingly incredibly violent. I love the look of it. I love the tone of it. I think he's great. So Marcus is played by Benjamin Wadsworth. Um, Benedict Wong is in there as kind of the the leader of this um, private he's academy. He's like a headmaster, isn't he? Almost? Yeah, who's who's, you know, um uh, pretty psychopathic. Yep. Um it's just oh god and the like the soundtrack you've got Eck and the Bunnyman New yeah. Order it's it's nineteen eighties. Um I just loved the entire thing. The dynamics between the kids, it's kind of your worst version of um, high school really. Um, I loved the way it was choreographed. I loved the action. I thought there were a couple of really interesting set pieces. I I mean, I just loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I didn't expect (laughs) to like it as much (laughs) as I did. I am desperate to watch the entire thing. I just found it completely compelling. It's weird and gothy and like dark and all these things that I love and I really, really, really really loved it. How many did you watch? Uh, one.
0: Good, but that was a trick question, if you'd said more than one I'd have been right. right Downton Abbey. <laughs> uh, I, in addition to watching many other things, watched all ten of these. Did you? Whoa. Whoa. Yes. James! Whoa. Wait a minute, this week? Yes, this, literally this week, I watched all ten episodes of Deadly Class. I No, I, I, I think it wears... Well, so, it wears its comic book influences very much on its yes. sleeve, to the extent that... It, which is successful in some areas and not in others. So, when there's an incredibly violent... Sequence And some of them, and they're normally flashbacks, they're very dark and involve yeah. children. They always lapse into animations. So they have these little animated sequences where they do horrific shit. But it's animation, so it's fine. Um, but as a result, because it comes from a comic, the characters are incredibly broad stereotypes Mm -hmm. like cultural stereotypes there's the sort of neo-nazi sort of hicksville alabama sect the hillbilly mafia there's sort of there are yakuza there there's a a cartel members and You know, so so you've got Maria, who's like the leader, one of the leaders of the cartel thing. She dresses up in sort of calavera makeup with sort of fans with knives. I mean, it really is quite on the nose. But then you can see that really working in a comic book and you understand why Mm. they do it, because it's very stylized, it's very visual. And I think it works here in a visual capacity as well, but it sometimes strains credulity. Uh, so I loved the first episode of this and couldn't stop. And watched the second one. And I kept watching them, and I will say, I think it does go downhill as it goes. I
2: was going to ask you that because that's what I'd read. I'd read a few people say, that, like the out first steam. Episode and then some there's a shift yes somewhere. the first episode
0: is the best by far and then th- there are some good ones after that mm. but it does run out of steam a little bit um it's super dark but it also gets kind of stupid there's like a serial killer called face who comes into it <laughs> yes really Brilliant. and 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 that that whole storyline which actually becomes the backbone of the whole mm. season isn't the best like there's a there's an initial sort of storyline which ends about halfway through the season which is the more compelling Mm. and then the larger one is actually a little bit weaker there's some really interesting kind of standalone sequences so there's a Breakfast Club type episode which is set in detention huh. which is fun but again it's not as good as it could have been there's a road trip one fueled by LSD where they're all tripping in Vegas which is very well shot but a bit again weird uh, and it, it includes such wonderful lines as I cheated on my girlfriend with a deadly Japanese assassin which you just don't hear enough <laughs> these days I think um, I love the setting I love yeah. them talking about like Reagan and politics yeah. and all that stuff Like, but you know again to the stereotype so the English guy is like a pseudo sort of yeah. <laughs> Sid vicious Johnny Rotten punk type guy who speaks to me. All oh, right, yeah, I'm I'm English, you know. It's like really, also, must we do this?
2: I enjoyed the like the kind of the socio-political stuff. So they, there's references to the fact that due to um, what Reagan's yeah. done to healthcare, that yeah. there are mentally ill defunding people defunding asylums,
0: yeah. and then you get, I l- yes, I ca- I love yeah. all that yeah. and yeah. that yeah. kind.
2: Of, and what they really do is they set it in the time and place. You know exactly where so. you are. He but
1: wants to assassinate
0: Ronald Reagan. He does. yes, yeah. yeah. which is yeah. quite a bold thing to put in. It, it is in this. They don't I mean, make a lot of it, but yes, but still, no. But alive. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. So it, but it's it's interesting with this. Like, it, it felt to me like if someone were doing an eighty set prequel to John Wick about. Yeah. The, it felt like it could exist within the John Wick universe yeah. that these assassins are trained at this school, then they go off and join, yeah. you know, the the fraternity. But it
1: was also reminding me of Umbrella
0: Academy. Um, yeah, a little yeah. bit, a little but bit, better. yeah. No 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 yes no 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 I thought Umbrella Academy was great. Have you watched all of Umbrella Academy? No, I exactly. But you
1: did watch all of this.
0: Yeah, I know. Because this is more compelling. Well, the first episode of this of this was very. All right, fine. It's got you there. Umbrella felt higher quality.
1: Right. So this is this is my point. Yeah. So Umbrella Academy was clearly a huge budget. Yeah. Thrown at the screen, but it wasn't as compelling. Massive massive set piece fantasy moments. You didn't quite know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Agreed. This in a more focused tightly put together piece of TV still really well made yeah. and everything but less uh, self-consciously lavish i think worked better, yeah no I mean, I, it's, it's yeah. because it, the focus was more on the that's characters fair. and more on the, the you know what, what who they are and those relationships i, I uh, that was and so I, I literally never went back and watched mm. any more of it this i would no, no, and i didn't either so yeah. actually i should probably disagree yeah. with you <laughs> and i think that's really telling because it's like you know i was thinking in... I'm going to make comparison with football here, but people talk about small margins in football a lot mm. How you know, the, the, between success and failure. <laughs> We're
2: both looking in, at you like... Sorry, <laughs> but,
1: like as a football, but like, literally a tiny little moment means the difference between becoming an incredible success and winning a huge thing and winning nothing and being a disaster. In, in TV drama now, I'm like, if it's not going to quite reach the point where it's that interesting enough, I'm not going to carry on watching mm. it. And I think the small margins are I'm comparing with these two shows. Okay. This, I, I, you know, this was smarter and wittier mm. and more interesting and it just felt more original than the other thing that I'm comparing it to which for me was like I just didn't I, I didn't get it so I agree, I really liked it and I think you know I,
0: I, it's a real shame it's been cancelled it has in fact but the thing is and, and to be perfectly honest with you and I feel a duty to it ends on a massive cliffhanger and right. that's a problem because in all likelihood it's never going to be resolved mm. so while I really enjoyed this And despite the fact that it does go downhill, uh, it's it's hard to recommend that people invest, you know, nearly 10 hours in this without... With the fact that they probably, I tell you what, watch ten hours of this, then buy the comic to find out what happens. Well, you
2: don't need a na- do you? F- do you feel you need a narrative conclusion <sighs> to uh, to feel that investment of time is worth it? I'm not sure you mm. do. And
0: I mean, I went into this knowing it had been cancelled, mm. and I watched ten hours of it, knowing full well I would never know how it ended. That said, who knows? Maybe Netflix so might will say, "Do you well, know what? That Boyd Hilton's right. It's better than our Umbrella Academy. <laughs> 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 Fuck it, we're going to buy this instead." Well, that's
1: the problem because I think Netflix probably would have thought of it, but they've if got they've it's got too umbrella. similar, yeah. Yeah. which yeah, they've already yeah. recommissioned. That's a huge investment on their. So now I'm wondering. Well, this would be a lot maybe, cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is being shown here on Starz Play, right? Yeah, it's on Starz Play. The, yeah. the natural thing is for Amazon Prime to pick it up. But I yeah. wonder. Well, they've also got a lot of kind of semi superhero-y Yeah, but they'll have a lot of good stuff, Boys next <laughs> week, probably. Yeah, that's true. it's also not million miles. just there's a lot of stuff that's slightly similar in tone and subject matter. Mm. Unfortunately for this show, because I think it's actually probably might be better than a lot of
0: those things that are going to carry on for years and years and years. Well, yeah, I, it's funny. Yeah, like, I I have literally sat through ten hours of this, so I can't <laughs> possibly tell you it isn't worth. Watching, I did watch it um, but again I, I always I get very anxious about shows like that when they buy the rights to a show and they air it in the UK knowing full well it's been cancelled at oh, least but... this did get its full 10 episode run for the first season like there have been episodes and but I remember that you can see it than not see it's yeah. a good show because I remember Sky having bought shows in the past that were literally cancelled mid run and oh, they yeah. bought the rights to it knowing full well you wouldn't even get to the end of the series because there were only five episodes made but mm. hey ho mm. so yes this is uh, this is Deadly Class it does air on Starz on Friday, July the 19th. Uh, there are 10 episodes of it. You'll have loads of fun with it and there may or may not be more in the future. Let's wait and see. Uh, finally this week, we have Series 2 of Game Face. Not, as you might first suspect, the debut studio album by Filipino pop-slash-R&B singer JR released in the Philippines in August 2003 by Universal Records, which is Amazing. the first thing that came up on Wikipedia when I searched for this. Wow. No. This is Rasheen Conaty's sitcom in which she plays walking catastrophe Marcella, an aspiring actress who bounces between temp jobs, fancies her driving instructor and generally crashes through life like an elephant on roller skates. Boyd Minster, (laughs) what
1: say you? I, I'm a big fan of uh, Roisin Connolly and the show Series 1 went out I think nearly two years ago now um, 2017 on E4 which was weird because this is not like E4 is supposed to be Channel 4's youth offshoot you know and youth. this is not a youth show it's a no show it's of, not it's a show about you know uh, a, young, a a woman who is a would-be actress there's a very funny opening to this series where you know she's kind of getting ready and she, you think she's going to go on stage and do a big show and she's working in a kind of like the equivalent of London Dungeon, London Dungeon. Mm. or is it the actual London Dungeon well no, be. I yeah i think it is it's yeah underduty. so um, what i like about it is it's, it's it, there's there's definitely like a wave i think of shows with female comedians at their heart that have been created by them and um, they're all very different but I love the fact that someone like Roisin Conanty who's, a, who's you know, known mainly as a stand-up um, is showing that she, she can write and star in a really interesting compelling show and I like her acting in it. I think there's a real naturalism to her to her performance in it. Um, she, the way she deals, it's basically about you know, the, her calamitous private mm. life and her calamitous professional life. It's basically about someone dealing with things going wrong Week in, day in, day out in her life. And I like the fact that it's not out and out, a bit like. Better things. It's not going for gags out now. The, the the comedy is coming from character. There's a funny situation. She's kind of falling for a driving instructor. She has mm. to lie to the driving instructor. She's she hasn't passed the test even though she has just so she can carry on seeing him. Um, and that how that, that spins out, which is a very sitcommy idea. It's been spun out, I think, in a very believable, authentic way. I, I'm a big fan of it, and I think it's got a good. It's got a really good supporting cast. Damien Maloney is the driving instructor. Dustin Demery Burns is her ex. Carl Theobald is her. Um, uh, therapist Therapist who's joined by a student which is really funny mm-hmm. who's kind of much clever and
0: smarter <laughs> and chips in in a very amusing manner in this series I, I think it's a really good show i i like this but weirdly so i just to show terry up once again i watched the pilot of this from the first season as well having loads of time clearly uh and i think if i'd just seen this one from the beginning of of series two i'd have been a bit met on this but mm. the pilot i really really enjoyed i thought there was so much more in that so that's where she brings back some guy who's never seen friends so that's a recurring motif in it yeah. that's one with the, the, the she gets a temp job, uh, and someone tries to commit suicide, and they think it's her, and then they all start mollycoddling her for months when they think she's suicidal. That stuff I thought was really fun. Her drunken Instagramming of her ex, mm. really funny. It's funny, it's relatable, it's well written. Uh, she is a walking. Calamity, yeah. I, I generally enjoyed it, and I can't remember what it was, but something in the pilot made me actually laugh wow. again. Can't wow. remember what it was, but it, I think it might have been the, the Instagramming, it might have been what no the pilot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't the children's oh, okay. party in moment. In fact, I didn't find that funny, that annoyed oh, okay. me. Right. But when I uh, but when the the drunken Instagramming thing that that, oh, yeah, yeah. that certainly amused me,
2: um. So I only watched this one episode, and I of you did. and I loved. Of you did. I loved this. <laughs> um, so I feel like I, I feel a couple of things quite strongly about this. One of which is it should not be on E4. It's completely the wrong place to oh, put but it. It is on
1: Channel Four. This series, yeah. So but so I, yeah, I, but yeah, I think yeah, putting the first bizarre. season yeah, on there. Ridiculous. So
2: this had barely crossed my radar, and I remember mm. it. I think I scrolled past it once. And I w- why would I watch something on E4? I'm a fucking forty year old woman. <laughs> um, she is. Obviously, I think most people would probably recognise her from Afterlife. Yes. She was obviously in that with Ricky Gervais. Now, I think there's a really important difference to other... Um, female shows of this ilk so people um i was reading a lot of comparisons about fleabag and there are some real differences in this um which is you know fleabag for example is really about shame and self-loathing at the heart of that character and how she kind of tries to to get rid of that she, that isn't what this is she is just a fucking mess like she's <laughs> dealing with debt she broke up with her boyfriend she's not somebody filled with self-loathing who's who's desperately insecure any of that she is a perfectly normal woman who is just a fucking shambles essentially and it is that that I think makes it super relatable um, there's an amazing bit with a bingo marker that oh my is God. one of the <laughs> that made me I was watching it in a public space and I was bellowing it's just so brilliant and random and actually what I think is really special about the show is the details the like hmm. little random things that some of it is quite broad in places but actually when it comes down to it it's, it's and I think this is because she's a stand-up it's about the details of the story so the, the, I won't say any more than the bingo marker but when you watch uh. this you will know exactly what I'm talking about she does a fucking Forrest Gump impression yes. that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen <laughs> um, and, and it's
1: what, just a to, uh, uh, to point about how um, realistic it authentic is so she does that terrible Forrest Gump impression then doubles down and goes yeah. back and apologises for it for to it. the date to, yeah. to the guy she's with for being terrible, and embarrassing, yeah. in such a brilliant way. I thought that's what made that. That's what so that
2: yeah. is. What we, you yeah. would do as, as yeah. a human? She and she's yeah. like the, naturalism is the world. She's mm. really, really, really natural. I think it's 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 quite a shame actually that it's taken so long to get steam behind this because this was the pilot screened two years before Fleabag actually ever hit mm. telly, and it took three years to go from pilot to full series. And I think that probably means that this is going to it will get swept up in that, you know, funny women-fronted stuff. Mm. I think this was probably a leader of all that, actually, and I do think there are important differences. Um, I mean, there's a character, like, there, her downstairs neighbour, Linda, is this nutty kind of conspiracy theory woman. This this exchange they had in the hallway just had me, like, it was just incredibly absurd. <laughs> um was great. Um, I, I just loved this. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I just think she is brilliant and clever. And all of the things that you may imagine um, would feed into this, which is um, whether it be how she looks or any of these things that are normally riffed on in female comedy, which is how what size you are if you're a little bit bigger than the average size, traditional ideas of beauty, weight, all of those things just don't really, they're just not really a thing. She is a, a normal woman who... Kind of doesn't seem to hate herself, who's just a bit of a mess. Like, and I love that about it because I think that's the reason it sidesteps cliches, it sidesteps tropes. It doesn't get into any of that shit which you get when you see a single 30 something woman who likes too much wine on your telly. There's no like pouring the fucking last of the shabbily down the sink, any of that shit. I think it's brilliant and I think everybody should watch it and I'm going to go back and watch the first season and if there is any fucking justice in the world, this will do incredibly well on Channel 4.
0: Disclaimer, Terry will not be watching the first season of that before she watches oh no. Downton Abbey. Uh, that is Game Face. It airs on Channel 4 on Wednesday, July the 17th at 10pm. That is the third out of our three recommendations this week. It's been a good week for telly, isn't it? It has. It's a good one. So the question is: If we're going to have a pick of the week, oh. what's it going to be? It's Sophie's choice all over again. I
2: it am is, torn between Game Face and Deadly Class. Mm. I loved both of them so much.
0: Okay, Boyd, what are you going to go Game because I think I'm really pleased
1: Terry liked as much as she did because because you know you never know and I I love Russian Constance. She's a brilliant um, uh, person generally, and I really and I think it's really important. It's so important. It's, I was thinking what you were saying about the mm. E4 thing that you didn't watch it because of that mm. and these. Uh, and there has been a lot of changes at the head of Channel of Channel 4, thankfully. And now they're kind of making a thing. of They've got comedy every week for the summer. The summer of comedy, I think. Mm. It. So the fact that it is going to be on Channel 4, you know, it's, it makes a huge difference. So everyone should watch it. So I'm saying that's the show of the week because it needs support because it is really good.
2: I concur.
0: Okay. I'm going with better things, but I enjoyed all three things. Although I did watch more of one than the others. Right. Before we... Depart. It is time for the Banshee segment where we flag up a show from ages past that you may or may not have seen and we may or may not have actually done before and then forgotten about. <laughs> Boyd, would you like to begin? Sure. Glue.
1: Okay. <laughs> Talking of E4, this was an E4 drama that came out in 2014. It's written by Jack Thorne one of the greatest writers mm. of our time. It stars, among others, Jordan Stevens out of Rizzle Kicks, Billy Howell out of, of Father, Mother, Son, or Mother, Father, Son, Callum Turner, who's in lots of things now. It's got a great cast, and it's all about the death of a young kid. It's set in a rural kind of farming community, which is unusual in itself, kind of quite working class. And as a kid, a, a young boy is found dead, and there's a kind of ba- group of friends who the, who... who named the, those cast members off, and they were all kind of under suspicion. They were all trying to work out what happened to the kid. And um, it's, a, it's a really kind of, on a budget, on an E4 budget, it was really well, interestingly shot, uh, very stylish, very interesting. It only lasted one series. And I think it's the E4 factor, funnily enough. Mm. I think people are just like, oh, why, why mm. would I watch this thing about young people on E4? but it was really, really good as befits anything by Jack Thorne. And I think the fact that it's written by Jack Thorne and it's got that cast and it's really interesting and it's
0: called Glue means I'm definitely going to win this week. When you said Glue, I thought, did you, did you make that up? And I thought, no. I wonder whether you'll do this thing where you'll just slip in a show that doesn't really exist <laughs> oh, just, to, just to fuck with us. That's a really good idea. Because well, I remember we did, uh, we, used to do, we did a poll once in the Empire Office and Ian Freer put forward as a film, The Bitter Taste of Artichokes, which he had obviously made up. (laughs) But this is one of these things where no one wanted to say, you've made this up, because, oh, should I have seen that? Is that a film I should have seen? Oh, God. So it went through, and it was on the list, and no one struck it from it, because I guess no one could be bothered to look it up on the IMDb. But yeah, The Bitter Taste of Artichokes. Watch Mm. it now. Available on DVD. Right. Um this week I would like to talk about brotherhood no not the bonds that tie the two of us together Boyd but no rather the 2006 show by Blake Masters did you see this remember brotherhood no Uh aha no okay okay so this starred Jason's Clark and Isaac's as a pair of Irish heritage kind of Rhode Islanders. Uh, Clark's a politician, whereas Isaacs is a gangster with ties to the Irish mob. This, this was an incredible show that was critically acclaimed at the time. It wasn't quite Sopranos levels, but it was uh, sort of similarly kind of believable, rich look at the underbelly of organised crime and, you know, how it butts up against legitimate business. This kind of dealt with uh, fraternal loyalty, antagonism of kind of different methods of achieving the same aims, you know, legal or not. It was inspired by... Um, the Real Life Bulger Brothers. Have you heard of these mm. from New England? yeah. Yes. So one was a politician, the yes. other was a mobster. Yeah. Yes, so it's inspired by them. Isaacs was amazing this, as of the kind of deranged brother, Michael. Uh, and it was really, really watchable, but it was also famous for being the show that wasn't Paul Haggis's The Black Donnellys, uh, which was also about Irish gangsters and launched soon after, whereupon it was nowhere near as good as Brotherhood and promptly got cancelled. And I think Brotherhood's existence is the reason why Haggis's show never took off. Unfortunately for Brotherhood, it also kind of disappeared, so it ran on Showtime in the US for three seasons until it disappeared but I mean literally disappeared so they were Showtime were being really funny about it they wouldn't confirm whether it was coming back or not and even the cast were like I don't really know what's happening Like I, I remember talking to Jason Isaacs about this at the Empire Awards and he was just like I don't know what's happening and basically it was only cancelled when they released the DVD box set of season 3 and it was released as the final season of Brotherhood and that was the point at which the cast no. realised they weren't coming back no. to do another season That's so they amazing. never really told them wow. that is um, which is absolutely ridiculous but you can buy all three seasons on DVD for the price of £4. And it is really, really good. It's well worth seeing. Janelle, Janelle Maloney from The West Wing is in it. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. You so, can see glue on E4 for free. Well, on all four.
2: okay. So, my favourite film is Godfather 2. And my boyfriend works on glue... Therefore, the winner has to be Brotherhood.
0: Oh, hey! <laughs> ah, yes, the uh, conflicts of interest clause. <laughs> I win on a. I won on a technicality. I, I am genuinely
2: <laughs> going to put that on my watch you, I think though. you'd enjoy
0: Brotherhood. It, it is was really. Good. Good. I remember it. Sounds great. great. Oh, you suddenly remembered. Oh, it. Totally. You yeah. didn't remember first. <laughs> no, when you went. Cause I don't remember the name of it. I remember that thing with Jason Isaacs. Ah, yeah. uh, yes, <laughs> it's yes. Just that thing with Jason. Yeah, Isaacs anything with Jason Isaacs yeah. is good by default. But this is the yeah, first time I think this is the first thing I ever saw Jason Clark in. I yeah, want to say I don't think I knew him before this. He also he was in. Uh, do you ever watch The Chicago Code with Jennifer Beals so Jason Clark, yeah. Jennifer Beals and Delroy Lindo that was really good and I'm definitely going to banshee that at some point down the line mm-hmm. um, but anyway a warning to us all and a warning to you all <laughs> uh, and that's Is it for another episode of the Pilot TV podcast? We do hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, There's still time to buy some tickets for our live podcast on Friday the 13th of September at the King's Place in London. At least I think there is. I mean, we might actually be sold out, in which case you are out of luck. But assuming there are some left, you can pick them up at the London Podcast Festival website, which is at kingsplace.co.uk or possibly.com, one or the other. Google it. Um, so go and do that. When you've put that, do head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, much like uh, Trendy Richoaf, who said, listening to Terry call James a privileged southern bellend is always the listening highlight of my week. Mm-hmm. Or Old Bakes, who simply said, love these three bell ends. <laughs> 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 and then there's Math underscore Hell, who simply said, is James okay? Oh. <laughs> it's unclear whether this is inquiring about my health at the hands of Terry's abuse or... Possibly seeking justification for one of my opinions. Yeah, he, wasn't, he didn't really clarify. But anyway, if you love the podcast or hate it, then feel free to hit us up on Twitter at James C. Dyer at Boyd Hilton at Terry underscore White. Uh, and if you'd like to leave feedback in a more organised manner, then do feel free to fill out our Marketing Bods survey at empireonline.com slash pod you might even win some cash and don't forget to tweet both myself and terry with your questions that you'd like us to pose to her on next week's podcast with the hashtag terry watches downton uh, we'll be back next week with more fun and frolics but if you'll excuse me i need to go out and get this picture of picard framed for the office pilot out Now, Terry, I'm thinking a walnut frame, perhaps to match the desk in Captain Picard's ready room. Of course, something in a striking orange and purple would fit the traditional El Cars Federation computer aesthetic, but I feel it wouldn't truly capture the rustic majesty of the Picard family vineyard. Now, if we were, of course, Klingons... Make it stop!